guys, thanks for tuning in for our discussion on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's opinion pieces. My name is Somali, and I'm here to discuss Jabbar's pieces along with Victoria and Rebecca. Can you guys introduce yourselves? Hey, y'all. Rebecca, and I'm very excited to be here today with my fellow peers to discuss Jabbar's uh, opinion pieces. Hi, everyone. This is Victoria. So we're going to discuss several of Jabbar Times magazine opinion pieces on the podcast we're going to refer to the opinion pieces five through eight but if you would like to listen and read the evidence simultaneously in the podcast description the specific pieces are numbered and listed so the first article article five is don't ban fraternities address the bigger problems so this first piece shifts focus to the background of American values, how we should change this, and why fraternities are not the problem, but represent deeper problems in America. So to begin with a quote from the opinion piece itself, hazing violence, rape accusations, and racist rant, going to atmosphere of fear, elitism, and danger. This parallel sentence structure or parallelism, which creates a cause and effect response, is discussed further in the opinion pieces as a way of understanding the depth of fraternities and how they find similarity in flawed American values. The parallel style which Jabbar utilizes is also seen in his further works, usually to develop a comparison in pieces in my opinion. Oftentimes Jabbar is not really disregarding points of view, but presenting contradictory evidence in a similar way to create a discussion. His heavy quoting or statistics of universities and respected sources combined, uh, with deeper uh, philosophical philosophical connections is a balance of logos, which creates a deeper respect for Jabbar in itself. Um, it also manifests in more reliability and arguments. Jabbar balances his use of logos in the article by weighing the positives and negatives of his argument. Notice how he begins the first piece by notice, noticing that many schools are ridding themselves of fraternities or considering it due to many negatives. The lofty numbers draw the reader into the argument, see $25 million lawsuit. But these do not counter his arguments that fraternities are not the problem. Instead, he uses this with a traditional American philosophy from the allusion to HBO series, The Wire, and the quote, go to, got to, it's America, man. Although not a statistic, the valuable allusion is a precursor to the deeper misguided values in America, which he balances with later obsessions of the nation, such as commenting on, let's get wasted. So what really is Jabbar's main argument? Um, I personally think that is, as a nation, well, like as a nation, we should focus on the deeper national values, not the superficial problem of the fraternities per se, but how does Jabbar make sure not to belittle the opposing point of view, or in this case, dangers of fraternities. Well, he's being reproachful for them as well. I agree. That is true. His disapproving diction, seen with things like repetition, grunt, irony, and yeah, it's America, man, an antithesis comparing infantile, sadistic, and humiliating initiation rituals for fraternities. It's really harnessing pathos, creating a feeling of deep reproach for what is causing these problems in the reader. But his tone does not in itself condemn fraternities, which is the stylistic technique which allows Jabbar to conduct a peaceful discussion and still get his main points across. So it's not really belittling so much as forming a connection. 
It's a unique way which Jabbar incorporates a counterargument as well and rebuttal in his pieces. It is really not explicitly drawing attention to the opposing point of views. Notice the pro-catalepsis where he denies kids enjoying life in response to alcoholism. Predicting such an argument, Jabbar is really shifting attention to the dire injuries which result from alcoholism and coincidentally fraternities as well. And he's pointing them to a need for change in America by condemning American culture in ads, TV shows, and movies. The word you chose, condemning, is significant because have you noticed Jabbar's varied sentence structure? He purposefully uses a clipped short turn when requestioning act, requesting action, such as with the last paragraph weighing heavily with anaphoras, let's not ban fraternities, let's regulate or let's punish individuals. It is just forceful enough to get a point across. Okay, moving on to Article 6, we have cornrows and cultural appropriation. Um, if you thought that Jabbar covers a lot of topics, he also uh, goes on to talk about the cultural appropriation as well. Uh, he begins this piece with hypophoric question, questions he answers by building off the topic on cornrows to reach the larger topic of cultural appropriation. He uses questions to strengthen the article throughout the whole piece. Jabbar comments on how many mainstream trends are borrowed from black culture and white people end up making a profit out of what what they took. So some noticeable parts are like how he begins the piece with hypophoric questions. He answers them by building off of the concept of cornrows to reach a larger topic of cultural appropriation. He uses questions to strengthen his article throughout the whole piece. Um, and Shabar also touches on the other side of the argument that white people taking something from another culture isn't really wrong as America is the so-called melting pot. He's kind of strengthening his own article because of how he later talks about damage this does to minority groups. Also throughout the article, Jabbar brings the reader to a part of the issue with inclusive language like we, so he can establish a connection with really whoever is actually reading the article. And this shows ethos because of how the reader is included. Um, and also Jabbar uses the word borrow a lot, if you noticed when talking on this subject. He seems to use this word with quotations in his writing because that is what white people would believe. And they believe that they're just borrowing these things. When in reality, his point is that they're taking away things from the black culture that they probably worked so hard towards. Um, Jabbar's main idea of this article is that African Americans believe that uh, Americans, more specifically the white culture, they're slowly but surely stealing cherished, cherished uh, pieces of identity from their subjugated and beloved culture. Um, and he he uses this really good quote to get the point across. He says. While high-priced cornrows on a white celebrity on the red carpet at the Oscars is chic, those same cornrows on a little black girl in Watts, Los Angeles, are a symbol of her ghetto lifestyle. A white person looking black gets a fashion spread in a glossy mag magazine. A black person wearing the same thing gets pulled over by the police. One can really understand the frustration. So the section appeals to pathos because it makes you think about the difference that skin tone can do even though the person is wearing the same thing i think you can understand where black people are coming from when they accuse white people for cultural appropriation okay so we have article seven which is talking about the importance of athy activist um so jabbar who is 
not only a famous athlete, but an accomplished author who avidly comments on social, social justice, politics, and general social issues, is more than qualified to comment on the lack of support for athlete inclusion in activism. Um, and he begins his opinion piece by directly stating, America has always had a complicated relationship with our athletes. Not only is this explicitly beginning his major argument for the need and value for athlete inclusion, but he harnesses alliteration manipulation throughout the introductory paragraph. By manipulation, notice that the alliterations of A, America, athletes, acrobats, and the contrast with the alliterations with P, um, with personal politics and private. This contrast is key to Jabbar's central point of view, where there is a divide between the two. But there is an equal value in combining athletes and activism. Notice the goal or positive alliteration of A in the title. The similar divide of attention is also seen in the antecedent and anaphora, their faces on clothing, their likeliness on video games. The antecedent specifically enforces how prominent athletes are in everything except for activism. Yeah, and not to forget Jabbar's personal connection to this discussion, the ethos effect is also really prominent. For example, his own connections like stick to basketball, Kareem, combined with warm addiction with father, businessman, etc., are all really warm and familiar and give a sense of credibility for Jabbar, not to mention the familiar addiction, which is combining with pathos. So further questioning why a divide between occupation and activism exists, notice Jabbar's anaphoras of stick to plumbing, stick to jo- dodging, stick to proctology. Complemented by an anecdote and rhetorical questions of presidential authority being so-called experts, his anaphora here highlights the pure ridiculousness of how restrictive politics and policies are when applied to everyone, not just a minority. Yeah, so... Predicting pushback on athlete involvement, uh, Jabbar again uses pro-catalepsis and a clip tone to refute uh, the idea of bullying or overbearing jock. Um, he uses this in a way of using a counter-argument. Again, um, it is again beneficial for his argument as it feeds into the developing um, literary and alliterations of athlete activism and ironic hypophora and ethos of athletes not shutting up, uh, which I think um, the line where it says where a genie is out of the locker, um, it's referring to the genie being himself in reality as well. And if you notice that he follows a structure in this specific piece, the seven um, of a lack of inclusion to manipulation of voices and policy promotion to finally beauty in the athletes' voices, which are heard, Jabbar's tone becomes less disapproving and more so harmonic, such as like the alliterations of beautiful, blending, brave, and the metaphor with democracy becoming a concert, which kind of combines the beauty of the athletes' voices. Beauty meaning, like you said before, the genie out of the locker, now you can finally hear it. Um, Jabbar recognizes himself as one of those voices with an ethos appeal, and through his inclusive language, he's incorporating a sense of belonging, which is really missing in the first paragraph, if you look, which is the idea of progress in the entire piece. Okay, so now moving on to Article 8, which is how to sustain momentum for the anti-racism uh, movement. Um, so um, let's 
Yeah, so let's take a closer look at how the civil rights activists have been able to sustain momentum for the anti-racism movement in Opinion Piece 8. Um, so basically a quote that he had said in his writing was, you can't be in the business of social reform without a deep reservoir of hope and faith in the general goodness of people. And what he's stating here, um, he's basically reiterating that the civil rights activists in the social reform business, um, they have to be able to have the special skill, able to see the good of all people and not, you know, not look past certain people. Um, there's this one quote in the article that really like gets his point across. It, it goes, the cry for civil rights is like a rubber band. Intermitted, passionate public support stretches it forward, despite those anchored in the past pulling it backwards. So, the the quote you picked, like like an article, the opinion piece one, you'll see that Abdul-Jabbar is using parallel sentence structure as well as like other rhetorical devices such as analogies. Um, and as you see with the sentence of, he's using a very well thought out analogy of comparing the civil rights movement to a rubber band. I think his usage of only using a certain few rhetorical devices in his writings is what makes it so intriguing and appealing to people of all ages, really. Um, it helps to put a light um, to into light a different perspective for people to perceive how they want. Um, this helps his writing stand out instead of being dull and more of one-dimensional. His quotes referring to children being denied equal education, families not having access to health care, and not being able to secure an economic future, in my opinion, really appeals to pathos and makes you really think about how many people are going through this and he wants to write a whole article about it and it really gets the attention to it and notice how he says it's a matter of life and death and not life or death he says this to really draw in our attention to help us grapple information being presented to us and that it's not really a choice it's not a life or death choice when in reality they face the fact that it could be life and death um so uh really um cool alliteration that he uh he uses in his writing is silent slip sliding um so it is using it's used to get the attention of his audience and to make his point i think this alliteration is one of the more common rhetorical devices that you will see throughout his opinion pieces um alliteration really focuses readers attention on a particular section of text Alliterative sounds create rhythm and the mood and can have particular connotations. With the line, silent slip sliding, he is using the consonant sound of S. In my opinion, the S sounds often make you think of a snake or snake-like quality. And when you think of a snake, you think of stealthiness and danger, which tying into the article would fit perfectly because we're talking about the dangers of systematic racism. Also, if you go on to read more of that line, it goes on to say, until another horrific event crabs our attention again, which also helps tie the alliteration sound to the sentence itself. So what do you guys think is exactly Abdul-Jabbar's main idea here? Because I think he's trying to tell his readers that as a country, we can't just pick and choose what we want when fighting certain battles. People have been and always been with will be protesting systemic racism and fighting for change. 
like people who devote their lives to this um yeah so there was i completely agree with that and there was this one really good line that he said where it goes on to say civil rights activists are not here to fluff fluff the public's conscience nor is the cause of equality for all a nostalgic throwback um i think this really puts light to a lot of things um it shows that civil rights activists go on to fight for decades and as mentioned by jabbar earlier in the articles in his past articles he has been in social social activism for 60 years 60 years he has been protesting and fighting and bringing awareness to a cause that is really dividing america into two um for 60 years he has been the voice for people who really don't have one and his reference to ucla shows his readers that he has not only had experience in social activism but also that he's well educated and can show that he has a deeper knowledge and understanding of things that he's fighting so hard for his ucla reference definitely helps in jabbar's favor because it ties into logos itself and helps him in arguments to show his reliability.